0: So, Devs, thanks ever so much for joining us on what looks like your back garden.
1: Yep, sitting in the back garden. The dog's just lying down at my feet now, so uh, not nice, nice sunny day.
0: Thanks ever so much, Devs. Um, I mean, we, we're obviously going to talk predominantly about the promotion-winning season, um, which obviously culminated in that unbelievable day at, at Cardiff. But I just want you to set the scene for us, first of all, in terms of your career as a whole, the years that led up to that point of, of joining Blues. Um, So, Erdington-born, now we all know, the people from the city at least, that you're surrounded by a lot of persuasion. What was that like growing
1: up? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Erdington's in the heart of Villa territory, really. So, it was a little little bit difficult, to say the least, growing up. And especially when I first saw for the Blues as well, because my mum and dad lived in Erdington for for a long time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it it is what it is, isn't it? You know, you. It, I, I started going down to Blues sort of late 70s, early 80s. I, I put a couple of posts on Facebook the other day about Frank Worthington and Mick Arthur. They were the players, Tony and people like that that got me hooked on Blues. But I was, yeah, I was right in the middle of Villa territory. So I still get it now. People say to me, oh, you was a Villa fan growing up because I'm from Erdington. But I think those pictures that I found in the loft the other day will, uh, will put that rumour to bed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was uh, what was the reason you were to Blues, Van Was that a family thing or did you just start going down the Blues or what? Well,
1: I, I can tell you straight away, my uncle, uh, my uncle Mick, he took me down the Blues. I remember it was the first pub I ever went in it was the Rocket, which was not far from the ground. It's not there anymore. And then he took me down the Blues. So, yeah, he, he took me down from an early age. Uh, and just you know my dad's from just outside Glasgow so he was always a Celtic fan so I was always brought up following Celtic uh, and then obviously the first games I ever went to were, were Blues you know in, in that era so uh, once I went down there and I seen I seen Frank Worthington I was I was hooked then. Yeah uh,
0: of course like all young lads who kick a ball they dream of making it as a professional and you started doing the sort of rounds through non-league teams um, but find yourself I suppose at at, uh, at Stafford, which at the time big conference club, and is that really the big first stepping stone towards hopefully making it as a professional? Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought for one minute, you know, that
1: you know, I didn't dream of being a player because I just never thought I was good enough to be honest with you. But I, I sort of drifted back into the game when when I first left school. I wanted to be a chef, so I worked in a couple of hotels and restaurants. So I didn't really play till I was about you know 17. Drifted back into Sunday football, did okay, and then sort of climbed that climbed the non-league pyramid really uh, and obviously went to Stafford with, with Chris Wright and, and Brian Kenning, two great fellas, they were in the conference at the time, Stan Collymore was there and I think we sold him that, that same season for £100,000 which was a record for a non-league, non-league uh, player at the time and it just all sort of went from there so it, it was a, a two-year period where I wasn't really playing, to all of a sudden I made my debut in the old first division for Nuts County. So it was a bit of a whirlwind, really.
0: Yeah, joined as a 19-year-old as a at Nuts County. Four years there. How good was that for your development? I mean, you joined as a teenager and I suppose you leave as a, as a man and, and as a professional.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. Made some lifelong friends there and, you know, met, met some great people, uh, you know, to, to make my debut in, you know, uh, the, the top level of football. I remember my debut was against Kenny Sampson. And I never had a kick. I was a 19-year-old kid out in non-league, and he was—he was at that time the record for you know record appearance maker for England. And uh, I just never had a kick against him. But 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 it was fantastic. Really, really good club, Nuts County. Great people there, great city. And I, I couldn't have wished for you know the first four years of my career to to be any better. Really, with with the grounding that they gave me, made some lifelong friends there, and Michael Johnson, Andy Legg, Tony Agana, people like that. So real, real, real good club to start at.
0: Yeah, and then obviously rumours were of a homecoming. Um, is it right? Was it both you and Andy Legg sold for the pair? It was a, it was a move that saw you both.
1: Yeah, we we came in a joint deal. Uh, I mean, myself, Leggy, and and Michael Johnson, we all used to share a house in Nottingham, so we were really really close buddies anyway. But uh, John had come a few months before, uh, and and we signed. Uh, me and Leggy signed in a in a joint deal. I, I do remember vaguely something being dodgy about that because my non-league club had a salon fee. So there was something to do with a with a joint deal going on, but I I, I don't really I've never really got to the bottom of that one. But yeah, it 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 was brilliant to have the three of us back together, and obviously, you know, to come to the club that I'd I'd watched as a boy.
0: Yeah, Tats bringing you in uh, when Devs first comes back to the club well, joins his boyhood club for the first time. I mean, what are your earliest memories of of Paul Devlin in the blue shirt? Yes. <laughs> Be kind as you can, touch.
2: The thing was then there was there was it was the old revolving door. There was so many players coming in and out. And, and, um, it was it was difficult to to catch your breath. And I'm sure Devs probably like yeah. walked into a dressing room and it was probably you know where's where's the anti dressing room? There's so many people in there. Um, but I think you always knew what you were going to get with him, and from day one you could see what sort of player he was. Very industrious, hard working, very. Aggressive, spiky. And I think, did we sign you as a forward, Devs, or was it to play wide?
1: Winger, I mean, I I played probably 80, 90% of my career as a right-sided midfielder, but I always had the option where I could play down the middle. Uh, I mean to be honest with you, Baz the the first thing Baz says to me when he's you can you take penalties? That was one of the first things he asked me because we'd gone through a spell before then of missing loads and loads of penalties. So that was one of the first questions he asked me, which I thought was a was a bit strange, but not pre- predominantly a right winger, really, Tats. Yeah, Yeah.
0: what yeah. Was it, you, were, you were playing obviously under Baz for a few months before the change. What was what was that hectic?
1: Oh, it it was brilliant. real, real character, Baz. I mean, he, you know he, he does what he says on the tin, doesn't he, Baz? That's the way the way he is. Is the way he is. But it, it was fantastic. And, lo, and like like said, when I first went to West Hills, I think there was about fifty fifty people on the training ground. He could have he could he could have filled about four or five teams. But brilliant, brilliant character. Real, real football man. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to say that I, you know it was only a brief spell. Really, I think I only played about ten, fifteen games under him. But really enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Uh, it takes you almost up until the the '97 season and the big change at the at the helm. Trevor Francis comes in. What was your early relationship like with with TF? Many people talk about his ability on the training pitch, but oh, oh,
1: listen, he used to join in training. He was still the best player in training, and I think he would have been 50 odd then. You know, uh, I mean, I don't really remember Trevor as a as a player. He's a little bit before my time, but. You know, he was absolutely fantastic on the training pitch. My career didn't really blossom under Trevor. We, did, we didn't really see all to eye a lot of the time. But, you know, he's, he's God at the Blues, isn't he, Trevor? But I never really wanted to leave, to be honest with you. So, um, that was a bit upsetting that you know had to leave. But it was, it was brilliant to get the chance to come back. But, you know, when Trevor came in, I mean, it was just a massive boost around the place. The, the club's best ever player. Um, unfortunate, you know, we've so near, so nearly done it in a, in a few years under Trevor. But just just wasn't meant to be. Ultimately, in the end, to, to to get us to the top level. But no, i mean in training. I mean, hmm. sometimes if you'd fell out with him, you'd try and kick him in training. He couldn't get near him. It was still too, it was it was still too good to even kick.
0: <laughs> was this this decision with after a few years and purely a he one to go out and play more football because you sort of didn't
1: quite see? Yeah, you know, I drifted out the team. And to be fair, when a new manager comes in, they want to bring their own players in. And there was only, there was only a few, really, that, that sort of lasted the Barry Freyer and, and Trevor Trevory, you know, Grinds and, and people like that. So, you know, he was, I was out of contract. Uh, he'd brought in sort of Mike Newell, Paul Furlong, people like that. And, and the simple thing I said to him, I said, well, I want the same deal that Paul Furlong's on. Uh, and, and, and he wouldn't do it so that, that was that was it really you know I've heard various rumours down the years I wanted this I wanted that and all, all I wanted I said give me the same girl as Paul Furlong and I'll sign for however many years you, you want me to sign but it just never worked out but that, that's football mate that that
0: happens at every club every year Yeah uh, you end up moving north uh, a stint and a, an enjoyable one by all account I know we've spoke about this before but um, first of all under Steve Thompson who is obviously senior manager at Nuts yeah. County so Reunited with him and, and a, a, a football club like Sheffield United for you as well. Good. Yeah, br- brilliant. Fo- I actually
1: played more games for Sheffield than I did Blues. So I had a, had a, had a brilliant four years there. You know, Tomo saw me. I, I'd, I'd worked with Tomo and Colin Murphy at Notch County. Proper proper football people. And uh, I, I know we spoke earlier. A very, very similar sort of club and, and fan base to Blues, really, Sheffield. A lot of time they'd lived in Wednesday's shadow, you know, of, of the years when I was there. Similar sort of crowds and and real, real good football club. Had four good years there. We made the playoffs. I think we made the playoffs semi-final in my first year there. I actually scored a goal in my first season there that, that kept Blues out of the playoffs. Uh, an equaliser away at Tranmere in the last minute. So I, uh, I get
0: reminded of that now and again down the years. But yeah, brilliant club, mate, and
1: really enjoyed my time there.
0: I did see a goal this week, actually, I think our media team put out of you scoring against Blues, and you enjoyed the celebration in front of the cup. And a few fans were actually saying they were rec- that it was quite refreshing to see you enjoy your celebration. You Do you remember that one?
1: I do, yeah, because we played Blues. It was funny. I think it was either a New Year's Day or a Boxing Day, two years in a row. Uh, and the first year, that, was that, that goal that I scored when we won 2 0 was the second year. The first year, I think, we, I, I don't know what the score was when oh, we got beat, but I got unmerciful stick. Uh, and I did the second, I mean, I won't tell you what they were singing, but to, to have St Andrews, uh, it was a full house as well, so 28, 30, whatever it was. There's only one greedy so-and-so, and devlin is of this, devlin is of that. So, yeah, I mean I, I did try and mute the celebrations, but I, I couldn't help it. But it was strange, man. Obviously it's got a header. I didn't score many headers anyway. And then to score it in front of the Tilton, I, I was half thinking of running and celebrating there. So I, I had it on my toes and tried to run down the other end. But yeah, it was a strange one. But you know, I love my time at Sheffield and I, you know, I think if you you know, if you're playing for a club and you score a goal, you should celebrate. I didn't go overboard, but you know, at the end of the day, I was playing for Sheffield then and I wanted to win. It's simple as that. Yeah. Um, I've just
0: got a little quote here. Whether this is true or not, you'll be able to tell us. But it's a quote that's attributed to you to said that you'd walk over broken glass to return to Blues on when a, an initial loan bid was rejected to come back to Blues from Sheffield United. Is that? Something that you remember
1: saying? Yeah, it, it was a real strange time um, because i just signed a four-year contract with Sheffield and, to be honest, Neil Warnock was classy. He, he, he was brilliant with me throughout the whole thing. Uh, and I'd had, an, I'd had an initial approach from Steve Bruce when he was at Palace to take me down there, but obviously he came back to Blues and, you know, are you interested? would you come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it sort of all broke down. I, I didn't hear anything and I'm ringing Michael Johnson and, John, I've burnt my bridges at Sheffield here now. I've, I've put in a transfer request. I've told them, and, and it, it sort of fell apart. And then, like, like I said earlier, David Sullivan was, was instrumental in, in getting it all going again. But, yeah, I, I wanted to come back. I, I felt I had unfinished business. I, I didn't I didn't like the way I left in the first place, you know, under a bit of a cloud. And I, I felt that a, lot, a lot of what went on when I, when I left uh, was unfair on me because people didn't know. The, the true reasons. But saying that, though, I probably didn't leave Sheffield United in, in the best of circumstances to come back to Blues. But once I knew Bruce, he was interested and it was on the cards, it was, you know, just, just get it done, really. I
0: wanted to come back. Yeah, initially on a month's loan. Tats, with Devs, if you remember that this far back, the type of player that, that Blues were after at the time, you're sort of looking at, at, at you know, a time where you, you're trying to build that momentum towards the players and get over the line. Dev's the sort of hometown boy that we potentially needed at the time. Yeah, I think
2: Bruce had come in and he, he was quite brutal. He was he was making a lot of changes. He just felt a big freshening up was needed. I think obviously what Devs could bring down that right hand side and or up front at the time was you know he's adding adding more 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 pieces to the jigsaw. I think and you know, I think we've spoken before, Dale, that that sort of squad that was assembled, the squad that did get up was a very wily squad. There's a lot of experience, a lot battle hardened players who not only could play and add quality, but, but, you know, if you wanted to go toe-to-toe against them, you'd have a good job because they wouldn't back down as well.
0: Yeah, is that sort of your take, Dave? Is that group of players that Brucey managed to, to assemble? It wasn't just ability, but the bit of steel as well amongst them and experience.
1: Def, definitely, you know, uh, good good players, good solid pros, Jeff Kenner, Grange, people, people like that. But uh, a tax actually said, if you wanted to have a little bit of a scrap as well we could and, and, and the game that always sticks out in my mind about that is, is, is the first Villa game when we got promoted uh, I mean I often speak to Jeff Horsfield about this we had not beat in the tunnel we had not beat we, we could say so we was going balmy in the tunnel and and you could see that that were terrified and obviously we went on to, to win the game it was the incoming game and that but that that team, real good pros, good players, and I think I think the best thing about those team, Tats just touched on some earlier, right? You could probably pick each one of those that that squad of players or that you know that eleven players, and you'd know what you was going to get from them most most games. And uh, I always remember talking to Brucey about it, you know, years down the line, and, and he he told me one of his biggest regrets was that he broke he broke that team up too too quickly. Uh, you know, we should have probably give it, you know, add, add to it like he did with the likes of Upson and Conningham and Sav and people like that. But
0: he he probably broke it apart a little bit too soon. Yeah. Um, before, obviously, reaching the Premier League, it, it was that season that you really helped to kickstart. I mean, we've spoken about this before, but you look at pivotal moments, pivotal games in seasons and... To be 2-0 down against Wolves, who were high-flying that season, vying for a promotion spot and an automatic spot, managed to claw ourselves back into the game. You score on the day as well. And that really does start what became an unbelievable run that ends up with us sneaking into the playoffs as well. So how much did momentum play a part in, in the way we finished that season? Yeah, very much so.
1: We we finished really strong. I mean, I, rem- I remember that
0: game because that was actually my last my last game on loan. I was
1: due to go back after that game and it was it, was, it was touch and go whether, whether I actually came back. There was a bit of two in and fro between Blues and Sheffield. So I remember the game. I mean, I always used to score against the Wolves. You know, I probably scored more against them down the years than, than any other team. But there was a game as well. I think Watford, I think we were 4 nil up or something like that. And then it came back to 4-3. And I can't remember whether we won the game or not. And to me, that was the game really that I thought oh, we've got a chance here because I think we went about the last twelve or thirteen games unbeaten, something like that. But it was, you know, we, we went in with momentum and, you know, fantastic run towards the end of the season. Difficult semi-final against Millwall. You know, you don't want to be playing Millwall home and away, and then then obviously culminating with the with the Cardiff uh, with, with the Cardiff uh, final. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, we had we had a great run. We just we just sort of picked up that little bit of momentum that last third of the season.
0: Yeah, we spoke about this with. With Darren Carter tats but you know, you you were saying that almost at the start of that season, no one were almost putting us as favourites to go to be promoted. It was supposed to be sort of a, a season where Steve Bruce was building on the work that TF had put in, but it all seemed to come together and click at the turn of the year.
2: Yeah, definitely for me that Wolves game. I think I remember um Dave Jones. I think I think Bruce was saying that Dave Jones was was in his office or we chatting to him beforehand and they were talking about their end of season celebration in the Bahamas with Sir Jack there well, They were that, that far clear. And then I think Dev's goal, that, that one, off, that volley off the outside of right foot finished that one. <laughs> I and mean, I've just got my book now, and it's, you know, it was, um, where's, where's the game? It went to Bradford, 1-3-1, went to Norwich, 1-0. one Olivia Tebby came in, you had the derby against Coventry. It just sort of snowballed. And, and things just sort of did sort of click into place. I mean, did did you feel that at the time as well, Debs, that, you know, after three years in a row of playoff heartache, that, hold on, let's just have a go. We've got a chance
1: here. Yeah, I, I, it, there was just a feel about that. And, and we bought Tebs, and I played with Tebs at Sheffield, and he he's quite an underrated sort of player, Tebs. He was hard as nails, and he, he'd do a job, and, and Brucey loved him. But, yeah, you just, I mean, obviously, I was only coming back on loan, so... Within a week or two, you got that feeling. This could happen here. This could happen. Mm. And we'd we'd been so close in previous years with Trevor, and we, we just couldn't quite get over the line. And then you know, look the Wolves game and and that Watford game that I'm on about. And like you say, you just you just get that feeling. I mean, listen. When I signed back, if you'd have said to me, "Do you think you'll be winning the playoff final?", I'd have, I'd have probably said no. But the more I was there, the more you got that belief. And I and I think that, like you said, that snowballed throughout the club. People did actually start to believe that you know we could do it.
0: Yeah, eventually cement the place in the playoffs at the end of that unbelievable <coughs> run. 2 <Two-nil> 0 home win <coughs> against <coughs> field United. Funny <coughs> enough, as uh, Dev's dog remembers, <coughs> Jeff I... Oldfield, <laughs> Jeff Osfield, uh and Martin Granger on the score sheet. Percy getting sent off. Devs, you played an hour in that game before uh, Damian Johnson replaced you. But was that a bit of a... A weird one to go and uh, enjoy, eventually cementing and confirming a playoff place at St Andrews against the former club.
1: Yeah, you know it was difficult. Like I say, I'd had four years there, which, which which was great. But you know, Blues was always my team. I think the You and Watford and Nuts County fans will forgive me for saying that I was always a Blues man. Really, Blues and Celtic were my were my teams growing up. So. That was always me, I mean, I was unfort. It was unfortunate that sometimes you have to play against your former club and score, but but I'm of the game, mate. You know, I, I enjoyed my time at all the clubs I played for, but uh, you know, I, I can't moan at, at what I achieved at Blues to, to to get us back up after I think it was 16 or 17 years out the top flight was, you know, was uh, a dream come true.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You've already touched upon it a little bit, but I want to go into a bit more detail about. The away leg in that uh, playoff semi-final at the Den. I mean, most people recount not just what happened on the pitch, but the chaos (laughs) that ensued afterwards, the hours locked in for the away support. Um, Just tell us about the atmosphere that night as well and and the game itself. What are your memories from that night at the Den?
1: I can't really remember a lot about the game, to be honest with you. Obviously, I remember Stern getting a goal. And uh, the biggest thing that I remember, really, is that it was like a war zone, and we couldn't, we couldn't go off the pitch. So we're all stood on the pitch. And, and at the time, the Mill War chairman was Theo Perfetis, the Dragon's Den guy. And I remember him and a couple of his, you know, barmen coming down with crates and crates of lager and giving us them on the pitch. So that, that's me avoiding memory, really. Drinking lager on the pitch, watching <laughs> helicopters go round and listening to the noise. But, yeah, I mean, it was a funny night. And they still managed to put the windows through on the bus. We were co- <laughs> I, I don't think we left till about half-twelve, one o'clock, and they still managed yeah. to smash one of the windows. So, uh, yeah, cra- crazy night. And, I, you know, there was, there was lots of, you know, hassle and trouble after that game. But crazy, crazy night. I don't really remember the game too much, to be honest.
0: Uh, tats, we spoke about this one, and I think mean, you mentioned before, this the chaos after the game and fans being locked in, the club not being allowed to leave and stuff. It really was just a, an unbelievable night. It, it
2: was it was surreal that, as Dev said, everyone was just on the pitch in the middle of the centre circle. Yeah. Just in, and helicopters were whirring overhead. You could hear sirens outside, and the, and the police just said the safest place for you is to stay on the ground. You're not going yet, and no one bothered. So it's like, fine. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, but I, I, one of one of the things that again, I mean, like devs, you, you only remember bits and bobs of the game, and, and that sort of almost an iconic moment when uh, Olivia Teberley tackled Stuart Nethercott without his boot. That just sort of, <laughs> that just summed everything up, and, and he was chasing Tim Cale all over the pitch, and you know it was just just a, a, a fantastic a fantastic victory, and the way it came as well, because I think everyone thought. After Millwall had drawn one one at St Andrew's. I thought that that's it, their favourites there through, and no one really gave give us that much of a chance, to be honest.
0: Yeah, of course that puts you into the playoff final at least a step further than we managed in the previous near misses and TF. Devs, ten days between that Millwall, um, that Millwall game and Norwich. Do you remember any of the build up or the hype? Was there a confidence? Was there a nervousness? Do you remember any of that? <sighs> Um, I think everything, you know, you, you try and be confident, but you're nervous. But
1: I, I tell you, the abiding memory, we practice penalties religiously every day leading up to that game, uh, and obviously, you know, that, you know, it's folklore, and it does scores a winning penalty. But that, that's the thing that stands out in my mind. I yeah. mean, they were a good, they were a good team, knowledge, and obviously, you know, going the goal down, you're thinking, bloody hell, it's, you know, it's not going to happen, is it? But. That was the thing that always stuck out in my mind. That after after we'd trained every every day leading up to that, we, we'd have the penalty takers and we'd practice, practice, practice. And I always thought in my own head, we ain't losing if it goes to penalties because we had some real good penalty takers. So that leading up to the game, I mean, obviously you, you never want it to go to penalties, but that, that, that was the, always the thing that I remember is that we, we were that well drilled at taking them. You know, I was always confident if it, if it ever went to that stage.
0: Yeah, Do you ever remember uh, the players? I think it was Jono had a, a camera and you I'm right, we were rooming with him at the time and he was walking around with a camera. He watched it this week, actually. Remember that time at the, the team hotel and that, that calmness before the uh, the storm?
1: I think, yeah, I think it, you know, it's calmness. I think it's nerves. I mean, you're nervous. It's, it's it's one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game, that you, you'll ever play in. You know, when you, when you look at what's at stake, you know, financially for the club and the the big thing for me was that we'd had we'd had sixteen years out the top division. I always remember I mean I very rarely I've probably only watched that game once or twice, but now and again people put clips on. And remember penalties and there's two blokes sitting in the crowd arm in arm like that. And the one of them goes like that, as if you know, just that drained and, and I always say that it was it was one of the best and the worst moments of my life walking up to take that penalty because you're thinking if you miss, you're going to be, rem- especially me being a, a Brummie and a, a Blue Nose as well, you're going to be remembered forever that the one that missed. And I had cramp in my calf, so I couldn't have as long a run-up as I normally do. But, you know, I, I, I laugh when I hear people say, well, professional footballers shouldn't shouldn't miss a penalty. Let me tell you, you got 74,000 people watching. The whole of the world, that goal looks about the size of a matchstick. <laughs> when you when you when you're taking that penalty, but fantastic, yeah, you know, just a great day and, and the celebrations went on for
0: about three or four days after. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, but it did. Cards was saying to us this week Tatsa, uh, he always knew Devs was going to smash it. Was that your technique, Devs when you whenever it was penalties?
1: Yeah, the way I looked at it, if I hit it hard and I don't know where it's going, then it's <laughs> going to be hard for the, hard for the keeper. I, 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 t- I tended just to to blast them. I always sort of hit it to to my left or straight straight down the middle, but. Uh, you know, if the, if if you don't blast it, and the keeper guesses right, he's got a good chance of saving it, hasn't he? And, and keeping it. I don't think if you blast it, even if he saves it, he's not going to hold it. So you might have a chance of a rebounder. And I was lucky, really. And you know, I, I think I took about twenty penalties down the years, and I only remember missing one or two. So uh, that m- my strategy worked. out. I did miss the same one twice in one game for Sheffield, though, funnily enough, which was a nightmare. But uh, yeah, it was. It, I let let me, I have this. I have the crack with horse about this. I said, you, yeah, you are big big, brave sent centre-forward when you are looking for the penalty tie, he was o- already me on the dog head, I think, course. so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a difficult thing, especially when you're on a stage or have to take a penalty, because you're, you're, you're expected to score, aren't you?
0: Yeah. Uh, as we heard, he usually wanted fifth penalty, because, according to Carts, he wanted to be the... Uh, the big, glory. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's Cart walks up. I mean, what was that like, an 18-year-old? I know he'd been part of the group for the few months that you were there, so... Was the confidence that you know? It was almost like the script was written. He was an 18-year-old lad who was born and bred as as you were. So unbelievable story when it concludes. Yeah, I mean, that's a
1: good player, Daz, and you know, like I say, we'd practice those penalties, so I was confident. But obviously, you're thinking, you always got that 18-year-old. But I think the fact that he was 18 and probably a little bit naive to everything, I think that went in his favour. You mm. know, and it's you know, it, it's one of those iconic moments that will that will last. For as long as the club's last won it, when you know when he scored, an 18-year-old brummie get us back into the top flight. You know you couldn't have wrote the script any better.
0: Yeah. That's what saying he was shouting yes, yes, yes from the from the press box when that penalty eventually went in. You've said the celebrations lasted a few days. I'm I'm going to ask you what you did remember of the celebrations. I know it might be difficult, but the hotel afterwards and the days after. What was that like? Knowing you'd done yeah. the job.
1: Oh, it was just. Fun. I mean, we, we we had a beer at the at the ground, and then we we went back to uh, I think it was the of Glamorgan. Uh,
0: yeah, I think That was, was where we gone. stopped.
1: And I just remember there, there there was quite a lot of football. Sam Allardyce was there because he was a Pellegrini's and Sullivan and Gold and everyone was in there. Pesh was in there. And just remember it, but basically it was four days drinking. Uh, then we had the back at St Andrews, and then we had the 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 civic reception at the town hall and the, the open top bus ride and everything. It was just four, four, four days mayhem, really. But it, it was it was great, you know. Former players come to join in and managers that didn't manage us was there. Just real, real, you know. I remember, I remember the open top bus parade. My lad, who's 18 next week, was, was only a baby. And Sally dropped me off at the time. She'd only he'd literally a couple of weeks old. And then Sally and Sean ended up on the bus with us. Bruce, he's gone, oh, get him on, get them on. So we're driving all around birth and all around town and on the bus but it, it, it was brilliant you know it's something that'll stay with me for you know
0: to the day of dawn. Unbelievable and to think that when you joined Blues on that initial one month loan and then it was extended to three months and come the end of the four or five months you were there you end up being part of that group who are now in the Premier League must have just been an unbelievable feeling for you.
1: Yeah, it was. You know, obviously, I was I was just so grateful to get the chance to come back, but uh, t- to be involved at, th- at that that particular area, you know, that getting us back up and and we stopped up comfortable that first season, you know, and I left the season after that. But it was it was a brilliant time, a real real good time. There was a, there was a good vibe about the place, good vibe about the you know about, about the club. So you know,
0: just thankful to be a part of it, mate. Yeah, Dev, you sound permanently. Um, again in that May and played what 30 odd games in that first oh. Premier League. You we were playing for Scotland as well. I mean, to be back in the Premier League. I mean, Tats was saying. I mean, Kartzi's first challenge in the Premier League was against Patrick Vieira. I mean, what was that like to be back in the Premier League, playing with proper world class players every week?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. I'd had a very, very brief taste of the top level in my early career, two or three games for Notts County. But then, obviously, you know, predominantly I played in the Championship. So, to get the chance to do that, and I got sent off in a pre-season game up in, uh, I think it was Livingston. So, I actually missed the first three games. I was suspended. Um, but then, you know, to come back into to the Leeds, Game obviously get a goal and win and you know they were a real good team at the, at the time, Louise. but it was brilliant. But I always remember it was, it was an eye opener. I remember standing in the tunnel at St Andrews. It was a, I think it was a night game. We played Arsenal, and just standing next to them looking how big they were. Bergkamp, Vieira, Thierry Henry, people like that. There were like race horses, you know. <laughs> so it, it, it was a bit of, and I remember the it, it, it comes on the goals, the goals thing on score. Perez is cutting inside, and I come for about hundred mile an hour, throwing foul him. And he and he skips around me. I'm missing by about three foot, and I just got sliding out of shot. And you know, playing against people like that and Cheer and Zola and it, it just fantastic experience.
2: Yeah, actually- yeah just going sorry, Dad, just going back to that Leeds game, I think the goal you scored that was the first home goal in the in the Premier League. Um was was that, that corner routine that was that a worked one or just something off the cuff? It's, no, we
1: have know, yeah right back to the edge of the air and you, you just smashed it bottom corner. Yeah, no, Mark, Mark Bowie, who was a, a fantastic coach, we, we'd worked on that for, you know, uh, le- leading up to that game, because obviously I'd missed those first three games, and then Bruce had put me back in for the I think it was Everton, Everton, Blackburn and Arsenal were the first with yeah. the first three games, and I, I'd missed those, but we did, we worked on that that week leading up, but the only thing is, every pro will tell you, mate, you work on a set piece like that, very rarely does it happen, and it yeah, happened first time, so we, could, we couldn't use it again. <laughs> so that, that was it out the window, but it, it actually that was the only time I ever know in my career that we worked on a routine and it came off the first time. But yeah, we we practiced it a lot like that week.
0: Yeah, as Des was saying, there just felt that was the the feel good factor around the place. You got promoted for the, back to the Premier League, to the top tier, or to the Premier League for the first time, and the stadium was absolutely rocking in those first few years. It? I mean, do you look back on that as a as a journalist and remember that as a as a golden time in the club's history? Yeah, um, it, it was interesting, I remember
2: when, when Brucey came back with Hull, and uh, I was chatting to him pitch side, and he was looking around going, you know what, it never replaced that. I said, what do you mean? He said, that season, getting up for the first time in 16 years, he says, in the atmosphere, he said, I'll never replace that. And wherever he's been since, it, it's difficult to quantify. You can't explain it, how much it meant to all the Blues fans. We've not been in the top flight for 16 years, first time in the Premier League. And that whole atmosphere, I mean, and you just you mentioned it earlier, the Villa game at home was just unbelievable. I've never, even all the old Duffers in the main stand were bouncing up and down, singing Villa songs and stuff like that. I've never known the whole ground to be like that, um, very, very rarely. And everyone, it was just a massive coming together and a real generational thing. It was, and Dev said there, Bruce, he also, you know, he said that to me as well, that he probably broke up that team too quickly, tried to bring in, supposedly better quality players and move on to this next level and if you did it a bit slower and, and kept the team's identity yeah it maybe the team that would have had more longevity in the premier league and not gone got relegated again after four years but no those those were great great times and you can't replicate them basically in a nutshell It just it was unique
0: yeah. there's a lot of the time we ask players and you often hear them talking about the most the loudest or most malicious or unbelievable atmospheres they've played? I mean, you've done a playoff semi-final and playoff you've done a, a win over Villa at, at, uh, at the first time in 17 years. I mean, where do they all rank in terms of atmospheres that you played in?
1: Um, I mean, obviously the playoff final was great, but I think that that first Villa game at home...
0: Um, it
1: was like the whole stadium was was yeah. moving and vibrating. So, you know, the, 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 you know I've been fortunate. I've, I've played in a, a packed Hamden in a, a Euro qualifier in Scotland, Germany, and playoff final. But I, I'd have to say, so, you know, if, if you put me on the spot, I think that first Villa game, that first Villa game at home, would, uh, would be the one. It was just absolute, like said, the whole place was rocking. And obviously, to go on and the incoming incident, to go on and win the game. It was just just on unbelu- There was another good couple of days celebration
0: after that game as well. What you? were on the move again. There was again. Was it a decision to go and play football? Just felt that you were out of favour. At, at, uh... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I, what was I think I was thirty. I'd thirty one. And 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 to be fair to Bruce, so you said, listen, you're not going to play every week. Um, but you know, I'd like. I think I still had two years left on my contract. But I always wanted to play. You know, I, I was never. You know. To me, if you're a footballer, you should want to play. You know, if you are happy to go there and sit on the bench, then I have to question your, your your ambition, really. So, it was great. It was all amicable. It was brilliant. I'd come back and I, and I thought I'd sort of set the record straight a little bit. I'd been involved in a, a fantastic couple of year period, you know, in, in the club's history. Uh, I wasn't going to play every week. You know, I wasn't the player I was in my first my first spell there, and I I, I wanted to play, and it was. You know, it was great to get the chance to go to Watford and have, and have three years down at Watford. You know, I always wanted to play, you know. You have long enough where you can't play football, so I didn't want to waste any time sitting on benches. I was lucky, really. You know, majority of my career at all my clubs, I was a starter. And when I wasn't a starter, I left. But, you know, I didn't want to leave. You know, I didn't want to leave in the first place. But sometimes you just got to accept that, you, you know, time moves on.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, just from your tone, Dave. You, you were pleased and satisfied that you did go back and you, the unfinished business was dealt with. I mean, there's no better way of going back to the club that you'd left, your hometown club as well, being involved in a promotion and, and playing in the Premier League. So, from your point of view, was that mission accomplished as soon as you'd done back?
1: Yeah, v- very much so. Uh, like I say, I mean, I, I, I didn't like the way that it, it all, you know, I left in the first time. Um, I felt it was great to go back in. You know, I'd played with Steve Bruce. I'd, he was my manager at Sheffield U, and I played with him at Blues, and then he bought them. So I knew Brucey well. Mark Byrne was a fantastic coach, and it, it was just, you know, it was, it was great that, to go back there, be involved in what we were involved in, and then right, I, I felt the second time I left, right, I can could, I could leave with my head
0: held on there. If you'd have said to the young Paul Devlin whilst he was at Baldwin, St Michael's or at Tamworth as a young lad, the crew had, I mean, what would you have said then? When you look back on it all and what you've achieved, you must be. Amazingly proud and, and satisfied
1: with what you've done. Yeah, I mean, I'd never have dreamed in a million years that I'd have, I'd have done what I've done. You know, a young raggy ass kid from Erdington, running around playing football. But no, it, it was brilliant. You know, everything seemed to come late. I didn't turn pro till I was 19. I, you know, didn't really get to the Premiership till I was 30. Uh, first international cap at 30. So, yeah, it was brilliant, mate. But I, I'd have never, I'd have never dreamed in a million years that, that, that I'd
0: have done it. Again, much more like Grange tax, because of the way Devs play, did that resonate with supporters during that time as well?
2: Yeah, and like you mentioned with Grange as well, Grange had this reputation of being sort of a hard man, tough tackler, and and Devs as well as very competitive. But you shouldn't um, neglect that the quality that both of them had. And Devs, you know, he scored some very good goals. He could play up front. Um, you know, again, I think Devs, you know, very underrated quality-wise. He added a lot to the to the team at the time. And then, as you've seen at Sheffield and Watford, he was very highly thought of there as well. So, you know, but yeah, as, as another a bloody lad, although, you know, playing for Scotland, still not sure where that's coming from. But, <laughs> but no, he a fantastic, great servant. You know, and like you said, one of our own. And, you know, we're always forever grateful for everything he did for us.
0: Yeah, and, and Devs, I suppose, the biggest testament is still involved in the club as well, still roaming the corridors on match days every so often. So still enjoy coming down to, to watch.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I love, you know, I do the club ambassador stuff along with, with Ian Clarkson, so it's great. I, I'm like a little kid at times when I, when I, I get to, to, to host, a, you know, one of the players, Tony Colton, or people like that, Mick Harford or Noel Blake that I used to watch down the years. So I uh, I sort of revert back to that 10-year-old on, on the terraces when, when I get to meet players like that. But it's brilliant. I've met some fantastic some fantastic people doing it the last, I think, three years now I've been doing it. You know, obviously Frank Worthington, to Mick Harford, Colton, Colton. Uh, Green off, people, you know, too many to mention, but it's fantastic as a Blues fan to, to actually spend a couple of hours with, you know, some of these fantastic ex players that we've got.
0: Yeah. Well, those thanks ever so much for taking time out to have a chat with us. And like we say, you've, you've lived every Blues, young Blues fan <laughs> in the sense of, of playing for the club, coming back, playing in the Premier League, and, and being part of, a, of an iconic squad. So thanks ever so much. It's been great to hear from you, mate. More pleasure, mate. Cheers, Pop. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, Tats.